Episode 3, Karen Ross. So in that moment, what I decided is actually that the universe had taken the opportunity to give me a very good lesson. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes, but what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and now on with the show. And we are joined today by Karen Ross. Karen, how are you? I'm doing totally fabulous. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well. And um, Karen is the uh, co-author of The Toyota Way to Service Excellence, Lean Transformation in Service Organizations. She's the uh, author of How to Coach for Creativity and Service Excellence. And a little bit later on, I'll ask you, um, Karen, to tell us about your upcoming book that you've just signed a deal for. We'll call that a teaser, I guess. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) If you don't mind. But... um, what would you say, you know, thinking back, um, what, what's your favorite mistake? Well, first of all, I love this topic. And when you invited me to uh, be on this uh, podcast, one of the things that was really fun was thinking back on all of the different kinds of mistakes that I've made. And people who follow me on LinkedIn will see that I regularly post um, posts about stuff that doesn't go right. And then I thought about this one story, and I really wanted to share it with you, Mark, and with everybody who watches, because I think that it was really significant in my life. So although we're now not traveling due to COVID, probably for the last 10 years, I traveled almost full time, both for Karen Ross Consulting, my own business, and also for um, some of the corporate organizations that I worked with before. So In the last corporate job I had before I started working for myself, I traveled all around the USA. I traveled to a different place every week. And so O'Hare Airport is my home away from home. And I'm sure you have this too when you go to the airport, people who travel frequently, we're just kind of existing in the airport. We're doing all kinds of other things. We kind of have the flow. We know where to go. We know what to do. We do things in the same standard way. And for some reason, and I can't remember what the reason was, I actually didn't follow my standard. That morning I got to O'Hare and instead of checking my bag, which I always do because I have a problem with my shoulder, so it's not so easy for me to lift the bag up. And I decided I'd keep the bag with me. And I went through security and I sat down somewhere near the gate, but not right at the gate. And I started checking email. Mm -hmm. And I got really involved in checking email. And then someone called me. And it was with a work problem that made me really frustrated. And I was really frustrated because I thought the attitude of the person who was calling me was not the right lean attitude. And I was really frustrated. And then I heard that they called that my gate was changed. So I got up and I was still actually on the phone complaining now to somebody else. And I walked to the gate and I sat down 
And what did I realize after a few moments? I didn't bring my suitcase with me. Oh, no. And it was one of those really nice black travel pro expensive suitcases. And when I realized I didn't have my suitcase, I got up and I ran back to where I had been sitting. Was the suitcase there? No. no. And then I went and there's a place where there's police at O'Hare and I went and I told them the thing and they said, well, suitcases get stolen all of the time. And then I went back and they said, you have to go downstairs, your baggage claim to report this. So I went and I did that. And then I went back through security. And then I got on the plane without mm. my suitcase. And I just had my backpack for a week-long business trip. And when I got to, <laughs> when I got to where I was going, I got off the plane and someone was there to pick me up. And I said, oh, hello. <laughs> Before we go anywhere, I will need to go to a shopping mall because <laughs> all I have is this backpack. And so I went and I bought a new suitcase and I bought uh, a bunch of new clothes and toiletries. Actually, it's quite amazing when you think about it, what you pack for even one week and you think about what you might need. Right. And I was okay. I'm a person who does a lot of reflection. So I really thought about this and thought about this and thought about this. And when I got home after the week, something occurred to me. And this is why it was my best mistake ever. Because it occurred to me that the reason that my suitcase had been stolen was that I actually was paying attention to something that I didn't need to be paying attention to. Mm. that I didn't need to be frustrated. I didn't need to be angry that instead of being in the moment mm. where I was, I was distracted actually from the important things in life by actually something that was really unimportant. So in that moment, what I decided is actually that the universe had taken the opportunity mm. to give me a very good lesson that so now when people ask me about it, they say, well, someone stole your suitcase. I said, no, no one stole my suitcase. The universe took my suitcase to remind me that actually we always have a choice. We can think negatively and unkindly and be frustrated with people when we probably don't know the full extent of the situation, right? Mm -hmm. Or we can actually choose to be in the moment to understand that person has their point of view. I have my point of view. When I get to where I'm going, instead of complaining about that person, I could actually call them. I could talk to them. There's a variety of different things I could do, but I could keep my mind on the moment. And when I got home, I got a different suitcase. And the different suitcase was a beautiful, colorful suitcase that said, happy nature, mm. peaceful, and free on it. And I actually amended my standard and I stopped checking my suitcase. And I started carrying my suitcase with me. And every time I looked at it, it reminded me no matter where I was to keep my mind and my attention 
on the important things. And can you imagine how many conversations I had with people who came up to me, <laughs> who looked at my suitcase and said, that's it. And I told them all this story. So that's, I think, my best mistake. Well, and, uh, you know, it's good to hear about the reflection and the learning because it, it's easy, you know, I think for, for us to beat ourselves up when we make a mistake. I've almost lost a suitcase in an airport once. I remember it fairly vividly. It was um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is not a very large airport. Yep. And it was not, it was, it was probably within a year of 9-11. So this must have been in the year 2002 when there was especially vigilant awareness of an unattended bag. They still make air, uh, announcements in the airport all the time about not leaving your bag unattended. And I had somehow wandered off without my suitcase. I don't remember why. It was probably a matter of distraction and thinking about other things. Now, I caught it soon enough where I kind of ran back over to where it had been and police officers were just getting to the bag. And I got a bit of a scolding of don't do that again. <laughs> so, you know, easier said than done, like to be more present, to be more mindful. What, what are some other tips that you've learned to, to help turn that goal into a reality of being more in the moment? Because that's something I could use help with. I'd be the first to admit. I use actually, this, it's a, I use a lot of different kinds of visual management. Because all of the things that we teach other people, they help us too. So I actually, you might think that all of my bracelets are a fashion statement. <laughs> <laughs> and some are, but a lot of them have sayings on them. So this one says purpose. This is from the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. So I actually, this one says create. This one says everything will be all right. So I can look down and I can see these. And that reminds me, my phone screen. I, in general, have something on my phone screen that is something for me to think about and remind me. So this says nothing exists as it appears, nothing appears as it exists. That's the Dalai Lama. Yeah. Every day hmm. I practice being present in this moment. Because also for lean, when we tell people go see, we can't actually go see. If our eyes aren't open to what's happening in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Every day practice. Yeah. And, and we might have a lot of listeners who might not be familiar with um, what you or what I would mean professionally by, by lean. And again, one of Karen's books co-authored with Jeffrey Liker is titled The Toyota Way to Service Excellence. And the subtitle is Lean Transformation in Service Organizations. So what, you know, in a, a nutshell, how do you explain what this lean approach or what a lean transformation means? Sure, that's a great question. And really, the very simple way I explain it is helping people create better, more effective, efficient ways to work and serve customers. And it's a set of practices that are actually very simple to help us really think about what do our customers need and want, go see what's actually happening, and then make sure that we're creating the ways to work 
so that our customers get what they want when they want it right the first time. And then, um, you know, your other book, again, How to Coach for Creativity and Service Excellence. What are some, or I, I guess the question I, I really want to ask is, um, how do you, in terms of coaching, how would you recommend a coach help um, themselves be more present and mindful? How can a ho- coach help the person that they are coaching to be more present during that coaching interaction? What are some thoughts you have on that? I actually love that question because I think coaching helps both the coach and the person who's being coached be in the moment. When you're a coach, as a coach, my job is really to listen to people Hmm. with what I call open eyes, open ears, open mind, and an open heart. That means while the person I'm coaching is talking, I'm not thinking of the answer. I'm not thinking of what I want to tell them. I'm thinking and listening about what they're telling me so that I can respond and ask them the next question that will help them think about what to do to solve the problem they're working on. I coach people in a very particular way, three times a week, 15 minutes a time. So we have one short topic and then the person goes and does the work. 15 minutes between those. So again, Mm -hmm. daily practice. If you practice something every day for 15 minutes, and the reason I say 15 minutes is because we have to build up the discipline to be able, with small things, to be able to do something longer. If we practice something 15 minutes every single day, actually in a very short amount of time, we will improve. So What I'm going to ask everybody today is go home. You don't have to coach somebody, but for your spouse or your friend or your child, what I'd like you to do is sit down and just say, set your timer on your phone for 15 minutes. I'm actually going to listen. You might find that 15 minutes is too long at first. Try five minutes. If that's too long, try two minutes. If that's too long, try one minute practice. Yeah. Well, what you're saying there reminds me of a psychologist that I've interviewed, uh, Robert Moore. He's written some books about um, the brain and continuous improvement. And what what you're recommending is similar to what he teaches about starting with baby steps. That if a change seems to be too large, even if it's positive, even if we tell ourselves (laughs) this would be positive, um, we we can... um, sort of trigger the amygdala and the fight or flight response and end up not trying because we think there's a chance we might fail. And by making that, that change smaller is a way of sort of trying to shortcut some of that cycle and prove that you can do it a little bit and then build upon that. Yes. And think about how many people January 1st, every day say, I'm going to exercise for an hour a day. Why don't we say I'm going to exercise for one minute a day? Like who made up the rule? Right. (laughs) That's exactly what Professor Moore recommends. He says the success rate with weight loss is much higher when somebody is given the advice. He starts at 30 seconds. Get up off the couch during a commercial. And once you've proven to yourself you can do it for 30 seconds, there's a, a positive boost and then 
you can keep going and building up from there, as opposed to telling somebody you should start with 30 minutes. That ends up being a path to failure. Yes. And, you know, I think like all things, and this really goes back to the topic of the podcast, is lots of times as people, we give up too easily, mm-hmm. right? And even in the lean world, what we talk about plan, do, check, act, right, which is those incremental steps that we're going to take, we think, okay, here's this thing that I want to do, and I'm going to try one thing, and it's going to be successful. And, oh, if I don't, if it's not, you know, I don't, it doesn't happen what I want to happen, I might try a second thing, but after that, I'm out of options to try, and I'm, I've just failed. I don't look at it that way. Yeah. Some days, I'm really super good at staying in the moment and paying attention. Some days... I'm more distracted. Some days my suitcase is stolen from our airport, but it doesn't mean I give up. I look back and I say, okay, what can I do to actually work on this again tomorrow? We have a whole lifetime we've been given to practice and learn things. There's things that I've been working on since I'm a child. I'm still working on them now. Sure. So final thing I want to touch on, um, you, you've signed, recently signed a deal for a new book. I'll let you tell the listeners and the viewers uh, the title that, you, that you're working on. I'm super excited. And the new book is called The Kind Leader. And it's a practical guide to leading with kindness, as well as the lean work that I do. I also have a foundation called the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. Right. And that foundation fosters projects that create more love and kindness in the world, again, in tiny little ways. And one of the things I've really noticed is there's a lot of unkindness going around in the world. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And we all, whether we're in leadership positions at work or not, we actually all lead someone, whether it's at home, whether it's on a team of kids that we coach or, you know, things like that, we all have the opportunity to lead with kindness because what leaders do and say, the people they lead follow. So I'm super excited. The book is going to be going to be out in late spring, early summer. And I have a newsletter that people can sign up for, and I'll be sending out a weekly tip and information that I'm learning from my research and writing because we don't need to wait to lead with kindness. We need to start now. Well, that's a great thought. And, and um, KarenRossConsulting.com is uh, the webpage. That's K-A-R-Y-N RossConsulting.com. Um, so final, final question, maybe it's just to tie everything together. Um, when we make mistakes, we may have a tendency to be unkind toward ourselves. So what what are your thoughts about leading oneself, um, being kind and, 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 and staying in a mode where we can reflect and learn from a mistake instead of just being upset at ourselves? I think that's a great, a great question. And what I would suggest is in that moment when your inner voice starts that track of all those unkind things to step out for a moment 
and say, if this happened to someone else, if this happened to my friend, if this happened and they came to me and told me this, what would I say to them? Because chances are what you're saying to yourself is not what you would say to them. And actually say out loud the words that you would say Mm -hmm. to someone else if they came and told you about that mistake, because then you'll hear those words. And we have to be kind to others. We have to think kindly, speak kindly, and act kindly to others. But we need to think kindly, speak kindly, and act kindly to ourselves as well. Because you know what? It's only a mistake. And it's okay. You'll get a new suitcase. <laughs> you'll get some new clothes. You'll, yeah. And you'll get a lesson, which you can learn from and carry with you and help others for the rest of your life. Well, it's great advice and it's very kind of you to share it. I mean that. Um, It's kind of you to be here as a guest on the podcast. So again, we've been joined by um, Karen Ross. Um, Karen Ross Consulting um, is her uh, company. And again, her books that you can get now are The Toyota Way to Service Excellence and then her follow-up, How to Coach for Creativity, and service excellence. And then Karen also, and I'll make sure this is all in the, uh, the show notes, where can people um, find, uh, what, what's the website for the Love and Kindness Project? Love and Kindness is uh, loveandkindnessproject.org. And actually we have two books from the foundation, which I'm going to show you. Oh, Think kindly, right. kindly, act kindly, which is free and easy ideas for you to use to start your kindness practice today. And for those of you with kids, Big Karma and Little Cosmo uh, help each other. These are really my dog and cat. And honestly, if they can get along and help each other, there is no reason any of us cannot. Well, that's great. So I invite everyone to go um, check that out. Thank you for making sure we uh, we mentioned all of your books, Karen. And, and thank you for everything that that you do. Um, you're someone I consider to be, um, you know, a positive influence uh, in my life. So thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to pause and think about your own favorite mistake and how learning from mistakes shapes you personally and professionally. If you're a leader, what can you do to create a culture where it's safe for colleagues to talk openly about mistakes in the spirit of learning? Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. See you next time.